You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You see me catch myself, didn't you, Tim? I about said Packers, so relaxes. <laughs> check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us at Packers total access at gmail.com. You can text us at 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We got the diesel flow, uh, flowing here a little bit. Tim said it's going to warm up there in Green Bay today. What would you say in the 40s, Tim? Is that right? I reckon 40 degrees today, man. Yeah, and I feel to... like such an idiot for putting my shorts and T-shirts away for the season. Look at, <laughs> look at that, man. I'm going to have to bust those shorts out today. I'll tell you, man, you get down here in the south, if it dips under 50, everybody is uh, – they got their winter coats on. You know what I'm saying? We, uh, we're bundled up. Well, I grew up in the mountains, so uh, I, I can handle the cold a lot better than, than normal people, I guess, in the south. But when you get down around Georgia, though, and I'm oh, sure you yeah. can test to this, you get down around you know Atlanta, boy – if there's any sign of snow, I'm talking about national emergency, total panic, chaos, the whole nine yards for sure. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us in here this morning. We got us a uh, got a good little crew in here. What's up, Jim? Good to see you in here, Jim Tyson. And uh, we're just going to talk a little Packers. Um, we got a little bit of housekeeping to do as far as, you know, the signing that we have. We've kind of laid off on it because we've been nerding out and uh, and geeking out over the uh, the game tape obviously there's all tons there's all kinds of footage out there now of former players across the league too breaking down the tape and uh, it's just a good time to be a Packer fan like someone said here in the chat um, just being able to uh, kind of dig into a positive uh, a positive time right and and see exactly what the Packers did well um, and there was so much more Tim that I wanted to talk about on chalk talk but we went an hour and a half for the total episode dude um, that's the frustrating part about breaking down a tape, but you get any kind of, uh, any kind of drag over as far as like from chalk talk, anything you wanted to hit on, or maybe you slept on it and said, you know, this stood out to me too, about the game, whether we covered it or not. Um, just how much I love Romeo Dobbs. Yeah. I, you know, one of the, one of the cool things about this team is I was just thinking about this this morning after watching 
you know, or doing chalk talk last night and seeing how our receivers are playing, you know, my gut was like, man, Rome's like my favorite receiver on this team. And then I was like, but wait a minute. Tay Wicks is having himself a year too. And Jaden Reed's a stud. And, you know, we got Malik Heath, we got Christian Watts. And I, I just thought to myself, it's like, man, we got us a wide receiver room, man. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to pick a favorite. Yeah. Um, but no, Rome, man, Rome's my dude right now. I'll just put it that way. We talk about steady Eddie, old reliable, um, you know, whatever you want. You know, Rome's good for the occasional drop once in a while. And so is every receiver in the NFL. I mean, Tyreek Hill will drop a pass once in a blue moon. It does happen. Um, it's part of the game. And uh, and sometimes guys just play good defense, too. And there's not much you can do. But, man, Romeo Dobbs is just one of these guys, man. You You put that ball in his orbit and he's going to come down with it. You just anywhere near him, he's going to come down with that ball. And um, just really excited about this young receiver core with this uh, young quarterback we have, man. You know, sky is the limit going forward. Yeah, definitely. You know, Romeo is the thing I've noticed about Romeo, too, and, and I've got a huge amount of appreciation for him. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to pretend like I think he is a true number one receiver, although when you're when you're running a real NFL offense where there's progression involved or pick a side involved or whatever approach you're taking to reading the defense and and you know kind of dissecting and 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 breaking down the play, you know you don't really need that that receiver that's just an absolute superstar. In some cases, it, it kind of causes friction. You find your quarterback going to him too often, right? Now, no one was complaining when Rodgers was going to Tay uh, early and often, right? Until the 49ers game when Alan Lazard was running butt naked through the trailer park and he decided to throw double cover, uh, you know, Devontae Adams. But that's kind of – that goes along with the territory, I guess. But the thing I appreciate about Romeo Dobbs is when I'm watching the tape, more often than not, Tim, I'm like, man, where's Rome at here? He's almost always running a go. And and it sounds so silly, guys. And I know these guys are professionals. They get paid a lot of money to play a kid's game. I got you. And, you know, they're, they're it's their responsibility to be in shape. But think about running those go routes over and over and over and the ball not coming to you and you don't hear a peep out of Romeo Dobbs and then lo and behold fourth and one let's chuck it up into quadruple coverage and you get hit in the back as you catch the ball or the corner route that we showed there where you had the little you know the the sit underneath the corner over the top and ball thrown behind him a little bit gets nailed in the back of the helmet there too and you don't hear a peep out of him man he's just a just a quiet leader on the team one of those guys that you know Jordan can turn to and the rest of that receiving core can turn to. I just love his demeanor. He seems like he came from almost nothing, right, from growing up and just appreciates every aspect of the opportunity that's in front of him. And he, and he seems to maximize it when the ball's thrown his way for sure. Remember early last year too, Tim? It's funny. We didn't expect to talk about Romeo Dials, but here we are. Um, last year too, he had those drop issues. Remember in camp? Oh. They were talking about him staying after after practice on the jugs machine, and, and he seems to have fixed that. I mean – Drops have not been an issue for Dobbs this year. It don't seem like anyway. Um, no, and he's um, you know, a guy clearly serious about his craft and serious about doing what Coach LaFleur says, which is come in every day and get better. Get better every day. What can you do to better your game, make yourself more of an asset to the team? And you hit it on the head, Clayton, man. Like that's that's the kind of baller you want is a guy that it's not about him. You know, it's it's about this team and what. I can do to help my team. And that's Rome's attitude. You know, you see it when he's around the facility, you see it, how he carries himself. 
um, the type of guy that he is. He is a leader on that team. I, I truly believe it. Um, and, uh, you know, in his second year, uh, certainly playing more and more like a veteran every day. And, um, you know, he's got kind of that same same demeanor as uh, Jay Love almost. You know, it's like a quiet confidence, you know, and focus. And, um, you know, you just love to see it because this team's full of a lot of personalities and not everyone's going to be your hyped up, intense guy all the time. Sometimes you need that quiet lead by example type leadership. And uh, Rome is that dude, right? You're right. He's running nines all day and then not getting the ball coming right back, lining up. What do I got to do now? I mean, we saw that fourth and one. I mean, he got chipped twice, you know, <laughs> working his way through traffic. And, um, you know, just just really glad that he's a Green Bay Packer and uh, looking forward to the future uh, with this receiver core for sure. Yeah, it's it's been fun to watch him grow, man. And, and the, the thing that I appreciate the most about the whole receiving core is just there, there's no ego. You don't see that guy that's like screaming for the ball or, or you know what I mean, being a prima right. donna and – and honestly, guys, I know I know a, a large – I don't want to say majority, but a large portion of Packer fans, they don't like the fact that we don't draft wide receivers in the first round. I think the last one was Javon Walker, right, way back in the early 2000s. Um, one of the reasons you don't do that is because they come in with a little bit of a sense of entitlement, right? Now, if you're, if you're going to get a stud like a, a Larry Fitzgerald that's a future Hall of Famer most likely and someone that's just got – those leadership qualities and skills, absolutely you'll spend a first-round pick on them. But if there's a little bit of character question there, I think they kind of shy away from it a bit, right? Um, yep. That's just kind of how I see it. So let's go to the chat here real quick. Omer in the chat says, New York Giants have given up 69 sacks over double digits, worse than any other NFL team. Rashawn Gary and the boys got to be licking their chops over this game. We're going to look ahead to the Giants game. Probably starting tomorrow, I think, would be a good idea, Tim. We'll start digging into some of the PFF matchups and things, um, which I think the information that we provided last week for the Chiefs was pretty spot on, man. Um, that's why I love PFF. It's rare that I look at the PFF data and then come away and go and watch a game and go, well, that that seemed totally opposite. It, it seems like they're right there in that vein of, of good information. Um, but, yeah, I agree, uh, Omer. Uh, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, uh, LVN. LVN is uh, – I feel like he's starting to turn the corner a little bit, and and that doesn't necessarily uh, reflect with the PFF grade as mm-hmm. much as it does on the tape. Seeing him do that, you know, that little that little punch, dip and rip, right, was like okay. Now now LVN's adding a little something into his bag, um, Tim. With the, with the amount of talent that that dude has, just naturally, um, I think I think the sky's the limit for this pass rush room, man. Moving forward, Rashawn Gary under contract now. Check that off the list. LVN on his rookie contract, going to be good for years to come. Preston Smith still under contract for several years. You could probably cut ties with him as early as next year if you need to, but I, I don't want to see it. Preston Smith, I think, is playing a really good ball this year, man. Oh, absolutely. I hope he retires a Packer. I really do. And um, LVN, you know, the thing I'm watching the most is that snap count because it looks like we're getting – he's getting a little bit more snaps here week to week. Um, and, you know, having these this stretch of the schedule here – you know, again, going, you know, against the Giants here coming up, it's like, you know, Ulmer brings up a good point here. You know, this defense has got to be, you know, ready to tee off. And if if I'm coaching this team, I'm probably thinking maybe maybe we give LVN, you know, a smattering of snaps here in this game, really cut them loose. And uh, I'm not saying start them. I'm just saying give them a little bit more action out there and see what we got uh, at this point of the season, because, you know, 
down the stretch here, staying healthy is is, is just as important as winning ball games, really, because uh, it's going to do you no good to make a run into the playoffs and lose all your weapons in the process. So I think maybe spreading out, you know, some of these snaps, you know, whether that's D line, you know, we already talked about rotation on the, the offensive line too. So um, I think we just got to keep fresh legs under us and uh, let some of these rookies and second year guys get, get some more reps, but yeah, man, LVN is uh, fun to watch. You know, you're starting to see why we, why we drafted him in the first round. It was just so good to see him get a, get a sack there on uh, Sunday night. The thing I noticed too is he's getting more comfortable at the NFL level uh, post-snap. Some of you guys are going, what the heck are you talking about? I've seen several times on the tape, especially in the All-22, because um, you're kind of looking at the entire field, and then as the play comes to a, a, an end, everyone kind of slows down this and that. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen him pull his guys up from the bottom of the pile or push a defender away because they're in somebody's face. He just – He's a young guy, obviously, first-year rookie. But you could tell he kind of carries himself and throws his weight around on that field. I don't want to draw the comparison because this guy is an all-time first-ballot future Hall of Famer. But another guy who did that at a very young age was J.J. Watt, that you just seen him on the field was like, he doesn't act like a rookie. Yep. Um, it wasn't necessarily the play. I mean, his play right out of the gate was excellent. I'm not trying to say OVN's played on that level. Just the way he carries himself with his teammates on the field. I can I could see Rashawn Gary kind of looking across at him in a huddle and being like, yeah, I want that dude with me in a bar fight. Like, he, he's a hoss, dude. He is a hoss. And there is a factor to that, guys. I know people don't don't like to – they like to pretend like it, it, it doesn't exist. But there are some get-off-the-bus guys where mm-hmm. there, there's a couple people you want to send them off the bus first for the opposing team to see, <laughs> right? Um, LVN's yeah. kind of one of those guys. I know he's a pretty boy and all that, but um, I'm telling you, man, he uh, – Not not when he puts the pads on. Right, exactly. <laughs> puts that eye paint on and all that, and it's like, okay, this – I would hate to be lined up across from that cat, man. That's a different monster. Nick McSwain in the chat says, I feel like Love has been canning plays more often recently, but that's uh, just the eye test. Anyone have info on that? To the best of my knowledge, Nick, I, I don't think we can find that that info uh, unless you just watch the tape and count how many times he cans. I understand what you're saying, but I want you to think back to last year. How many times did we hear people say Aaron won't run LaFleur's offense? Aaron is changing the plays. This isn't LaFleur's offense. Aaron Aaron's changing the plays. When in all honesty, most of the time he was just canning to another play. That's something that's baked into this Matt LaFleur offense. And uh, I think that I think that with Jordan being a first-year quarterback, we weren't expecting the same amount. So to answer your question, I would say it's probably pretty similar, maybe a little less than Aaron canned. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, I think it's awesome to see Jordan kind of embrace that role. And a lot of people are noticing it too. I heard Dan Orlovsky talking about it. Um, you know, I know JTL Sullivan's mentioned it. We tried to do a little bit better job on Chalk Talk last night trying to pick Jordan's brain, trying to read his mind, I guess you could say, and say, here's what I think he's seeing and why he's changing the play. Sure enough, Dan Orlovsky broke down one of the same plays. He came away with the same thing. Now, on that specific play, I didn't mention that they were sugaring too high. I just said, look, they're in shell. That means middle field open. I think that's how he got to his pre-snap read. But post-snap, they rotated down, and I didn't mention that on Chalk Talk. That's one of the many things that I – I go back and go, well, I just got excited and didn't cover half of the stuff that we should have covered on that thing, but you run out of time so quick for sure. 
Um, yeah, so to answer your question, I don't think he's doing it uh, any more often than we have in the past. I think it's just that we weren't expecting him to can as much, right? And uh, it doesn't surprise me because, again, that's something that's baked in. Two plays are called every time. And in some cases, he'll can to a protection. Like, I, I don't think he necessarily changed the play on that empty set, the touchdown to Watson. And obviously, when they canned, I think what that can was was, hey, can, can – change a little concept on the right, tell the Y to stay in and block because they're going to have a free runner even with that blocker. Um, David in the chat says, Packers better come to play Monday night. Giants always give the Packers problems. I usually don't agree with those type of comments, David, because every every year it's a different team. I don't really buy into the all-time, the Packers versus the Giants. The Giants have their number. Like I don't think anything goes into that. Every year, Tim – You've got new coaching staffs. You've got new players. You've got new schemes. You've got adjustments from last year's scheme and the last time you played them. If anything, David, I think we have even more of an advantage. And I'm not saying this is a slam dunk win. This is the definition of a trap game for a six and six team, right? There's no two ways about it. Um, but what I'm saying is when the other team beat you last time, from their mindset, they're going into the game saying, okay, Yes, let's look at their their last four game saturation, right? What have they done the last four games? They being the Packers, and what have we done the last two head to head matchups against them? Well, if they lean on that last head to head matchup, it's hard for a coaching staff to look at something that went well and go, "Well, let's don't do that." Most of the time, they want to do that again. And from the Packers' standpoint, from their view, they're looking at it going, "Hey, this is what they did to us last time. Let's make sure we stop that." That's why typically it's so hard for a team to beat another NFL team two times in a row, and it's really hard to beat a division rival three times in one season if you find them in the playoffs. So, uh, Tim, you got anything to comment there about the Monday night matchup? Uh, you, are you concerned about the Giants at all? Do you think uh, there's anything to that with the Giants giving them problems in the past, that type of thing? Well, they're, you know, they run the ball. And they sure do. <laughs> we, we suck at run defense. So that that does cross my mind. And what you said, I, I alluded to this, you know, as soon as, as soon as we wrapped up uh victory Monday, that uh we got three trap games coming up here in a row, really. And um I'd like to see this this young Packers team uh handle their business and, and win all three of these games that they should win. Um obviously starts out in uh out in uh, Jersey on Monday night here. And, um, you know, I, I'm with you, Clayton, the whole, the whole history part of it, you know, it, it's always a new game. It, it's kind of like we were just talking about with the checks and the cans with, with, with Jordan, that's a situational thing. You know, some games are going to, you know, you're going to do that more and some games you're going to do it less. And, uh, you know, every matchup's different. And that's what we're looking at here Monday, Monday, this is a whole different game plan. Um, and we got to come out with a dub and, you know, protect ourselves, try and come out healthy and, and with a win. Um, I don't put too much stock into the last year's matchup and those things. Cause you're right. There's personnel turnover, there's changes, uh, there's tweaks to schemes. Um, there's things you ran last year that you're not going to run this year, or you're going to run them differently. Uh, the game changes week to week, play to play sometimes. So, yeah, man, they got to bring it. You cannot take any of these matchups for granted. This this team cannot get off the bus thinking they're just going to waltz in and get a win. Um, you always have to have a healthy respect for your opponent, even if they are, um, you know, booty cheeks. So <laughs> any given Sunday or Monday applies here in the NFL, and uh, we got to bring it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see here. 
Nick in the chat says, pretty sure Dobbs is look, looking for the ball and Wicks points up to show him it's in the air. I noticed on the tape, too, the camera view behind Dobbs there. I thought Wicks was going like this, like, oh, crap, because it's dropping into four defenders. But he may have been pointing now that you point that out. So uh, we'll see if uh, the video we show here in a minute, if it's on there. We got a video from Ryan Wood that he tweeted out that kind of shows a couple of different angles, the all 22. And then I think, I don't think it's the camera behind, but I could be wrong. Uh, that's, that's hilarious. If you did like, Hey brother, the ducks right there. The ducks, right there. you know, for all the talk I had, I, I mentioned so many times with Jordan's struggles early with the deep ball was him putting a little too much air under it. Right. And it's like, you look at that throw to Roman. It's like, thank God he put air under yeah. that one because <laughs> <laughs> that way, if that ball was on a flatter trajectory, man, that, that definitely is probably getting picked. So yeah. either that or it's gonna it's gonna concuss uh, Dobbs when it hits him in the head because he did, he sure wouldn't have seen it if it had been on a line. You know what I mean? Exactly. I just love it, man. He kind of goes, "Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> great, <laughs> absolutely great." And we're gonna talk about it because there's one intricate detail that I think I left out in chalk talk that's very important because I said I was hard on Jordan with that throw. That was like one of the only bad decisions I think he made in the entire game. Um, and then after I went back and watched the tape and everything, I was like, nope, I was dead wrong. And I'll explain why here in a second. So uh, let's finish up these chats and then we'll get to uh, some of the stuff we wanted to cover. We'll rattle through it real quick. appreciate you guys hanging out with us. If you could hit that like button so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. We really appreciate y'all hanging out with us here on this Thursday morning. We'll have Paul Brettel on tomorrow or tonight if, uh, if his schedule will permit. I'm excited about having him on. Um, he's always uh, sets the stage for the new opponent coming up for the week, and then we dive into it, obviously, uh, as the week goes on. Drew D in the chat says, Enigbari isn't bad for a fourth guy either. Completely agree. Um, Mark in the chat says, Preston is solid for another three to four years. I would say at least two years, Mark. But uh, if we get another three to four out of him, heck yes, dude. And like Tim said, it would be so cool to see him retire a Packer. And who knows, possibly put himself in a position to get a ring here. That would be absolutely awesome. He's just such a good guy. She said, Murph said, so did anyone else see the data scientists say we are the luckiest team in the NFL? You know, I've always been of the opinion. I've been told I was lucky. I've heard other people say, oh, he's just lucky. He was born with that or he had this or had that. I wasn't born with anything, but I, I honestly believe that luck. I'm trying to think of the quote. I heard someone say it one time and they were like, all luck is luck is when hard work and preparation meet. Right. Like when you when you put in the work and you took the time to prepare and cast a vision for a project or something that you're trying to accomplish. When you put those two things together, it's amazing how luck finds you. Well, if that hadn't went right, then, you know, you wouldn't have had that same outcome. Right. Well, that went right because we were prepared and in a position for that to impact the game at that specific moment. If we had not been prepared and made mistakes one quarter ago, we wouldn't even be in a position where that luck right there actually impacts the game. So um, I definitely don't subscribe to that. I know you don't either, Cheesy. I think I think Murph's in here trying to trying to stir the pot on us a little bit, want us to find that data and roast somebody. And I, I'm kind of digging it. I ain't gonna lie, Murph. It, it doesn't surprise me though, man. There is something within some of the sport, a portion of the sports media that they just like to always discredit the Packers forever. It was how lucky can you be, right? They, they said we were lucky that we had Favre. If we hadn't had Favre, then we wouldn't have been a good franchise. Then they said we were lucky to hit on a second Hall of Fame quarterback, right? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. And now they're saying... Uh, well, you're, Jordan Love is just lucky right now. He's not the next quarterback. And then when as soon as he steps into that next level and they decide, okay, actually he is a top 10 quarterback, then it'll be, well, they're lucky they got another good quarterback. Are we lucky or was it being prepared and putting in the work? Was it being willing to draft a quarterback when everyone said you're stupid for doing it and putting in the work of the scouting department, going out there and finding the guy that they thought was going to be the next great quarterback and doing it in a way that they could afford to trade up just a touch to get him. I don't know, Tim. I, I kind of see you over there grinning like a possum in a dumpster. I bet that pisses you off a little bit too, don't it? Yeah, man. I'm I'm not with the luck. That's that's a it's kind of an insult to all the guys who, you know, bust their bust their butt preparing and grinding um just to get here. You know, and again the worst player in the national football league is still a highly talented athlete. You don't, you don't get to this level without the grind, without the, the, the luck involved. I, I just don't see it. I mean, you get, you get things that go your way. You might get lucky that the ref didn't see the, the hold, you know, or that kind of thing. Right. Or Rome, you know, luckily uh, being in the right place and, looking up and, oh, there's the football. Yeah, there's a little luck there, sure. But like, you know, you just said, Clayton, if you're not prepared, if, if Rome didn't run that route and put himself there, um, if guys don't build that rapport and that communication through hard work, you know, those things don't happen, you know. And you're 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 a man of faith just like me, right? You know, we, we call it blessings, you know, not not luck. 
So, and you, you know, you put yourself in a position to receive those blessings that are, that are already being bestowed upon you and uh, you get those successes. So um, yeah, let the haters talk about luck all day. That's fine. I know a dime when I see it, you know, and uh, <laughs> you know, we can talk about luck that that's fine. It sounds like a bears fan maybe came up with that. It does. It does. <laughs> you talk about, you know, being a man of faith and, and, you know, it's called blessing whether you're a man of faith or not, there's something, there's a law that's sown into the earth that you get what you give. It's that simple. Some of you have heard it called what, what comes around goes around. Right. Um, you know, we say at the end of every episode, let's go out and be the change you want to see in the world. Instead of sitting around complaining about how bad the world is, everything that you don't like about the world, go be the opposite of what you don't like and watch how you change it from the inside out. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I've got many friends who are atheists. Right. And you guys know I'm a Christian. I love learning about other people's belief systems and stuff. It's just something I'm fascinated with being able to sit down and have a just a mature conversation about it. Yep, and yep. Uh, we always come away with that. People going, oh, yeah, I definitely believe in that, man. You attract to you what you are. If you're a good person and you try to take care of people, you're going to look around and go, happy day. There's a lot of good people around me. If you're an a-hole and all you do is tear people down, critique people on anything that they do, um, never look at trying to give to people, give back and help, um, you know, whether and people say, well, I don't have money to give. You can give time. Right. Most of the time, if you don't have money, you got plenty of time. And that's a topic for another day. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. But um, you get back what you give. It's that simple. Money, time, anything. man. I truly believe that. And the second that I realized that in my life, everything changed around. House came out of foreclosure. Finances have not been an issue since. Every now and again, you get stubborn, oh boy, you get a little bit comfortable and you take your foot off the pedal a little bit and then you look back and go, you know what? Yeah, I haven't been helping people. I need to get my head out of the gutter. So that's just the way it is. I think that's with anything. Sports, anything professional too. I think it bleeds over. Um, Dave in the chat says, don't forget Dexter Lawrence is injured. So watch out for Dylan if he isn't. 100. Um, that's a good point, man. That's a really good point. Dexter Lawrence is a great defensive lineman. I'm, I'm excited to to dive into the PFF breakdowns for sure. Um, I think it's going to be a, a good uh, end of the week where we can kind of dive in and, and try to understand how this game may go. Um, let's do this. Let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Wes Hockowitz tweeted out yesterday or the day before, um, said a quick introduction to the Packers' new cornerback who spent two seasons with Joe Barry in L.A. and also started for the Rams in Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl. Um and it's, you know, they got a link there on Packers.com. Uh, things, five things to know about new cornerback David Long. We're going to go the PFF approach here. So, career wise, nothing really to ride home about. Starting in 2019, his rookie year, 67.4, then a 53.6, a 58.8, 53.6, and then a 65.7 this year. So, when you deep dive kind of into his year this year, Tim. Like I said, overall grade 65.7, not bad. Uh, I believe that's better than Ballantyne's grade now, if I remember correctly. That's right around the spot that Jair Alexander is grading out this year, believe it or not. Obviously, run defense is not top priority for a corner, but it's nice to have uh, when, when those runs do bust outside, like we've seen there against the Chiefs a couple times where some of the run defense broke down. But his coverage grade, Tim, 75.6. I think they said he's a boundary corner, too, if I remember correctly. Now, you guys know I don't put a lot of stock into spending time on covering these type of signings because you never know. I couldn't tell you how many times they've signed someone. Two days later, they're gone, right? But this one to me is a little bit different simply because they went out and signed him off of a practice squad, okay? What that means, guys, 
is he has to be on the active roster or they've got to cut him. Okay. You can't just sign someone off the practice squad and then put them on your practice squad. Obviously, it goes without saying. So they seen something in this guy to say, you know what? Let's put him on the active roster. Tim, another thing that this always sparks in our mind when we're talking about this type of stuff is to, what does this mean with Jair? Right. Or I, knew I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what? what I was thinking. This, this tells us more about Jair and his shoulder and back issues than anything, I think. Yeah. Why would we add another boundary corner? Um, right. If we weren't, you know, at least somewhat concerned about Jaws availability here. Yep, definitely, man. Um, so just something to kind of keep your eye on. And and people say, oh, well, you just signed him. There's going to be a little bit of a uh, a time frame. That he's got to learn the system. He played under Barry for several years. He should have the system completely down. So that shouldn't be a factor at all. The coverage grades looking good. So maybe he's fixed some stuff technique wise, right, to uh, improve his career. So we may be seeing David Long here sooner rather than later. Uh, for sure. So uh, with that being said, this, the other signing, what's that? Uh, oh, you talking about a uh, Drake? Yeah, and see, that's a good example of why I usually don't cover those type of right. signings. Remember the other day, who was it we signed to the practice squad? James Robinson, right? Yeah. And a lot of people were putting a lot of stock into that, like, oh man, James Robinson. He was a great running back in Jacksonville early in his career. This and that. He's gone. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it was a waste of time to talk about it, but it's like Kenyon Drake in his prime was a great back, a yeah. great multi-purpose back um if you look at his pff grades boy it's been bad the last few years yeah. and he's on the practice squad i think what it what it says tim to me and i'd like to get your take on it too i think it says they they have more faith in Kenyon drake kicking the tires on Kenyon drake than obviously james robinson right james robinson looked bad in the game let's be honest and it really kind of shows you just how much aj dylan's been doing with how little he's got to work with with our run blocking right now oh i agree I think that's exactly uh, the Kenyon Drake move is probably just contingency plan. And uh, you're right. Looking at the two probably gives us a better chance uh, to win than uh, Robinson does. Obviously Patrick Taylor being the being one up on the death chart. Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see. And you never know how uh, someone might need to contribute to in a pinch. So yeah. uh, we may get, he may see the field. He may not. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm with you. You don't want to put too much stock in because you know, that uh, can be musical chairs sometimes with these signings and offloading. And then, you know, other teams can snatch someone from our practice squad that, you know, the, the, it's kind of fun to watch, but if you get caught up in it, you're going to get dizzy and it's kind of, yeah. kind of folk put my focus on the 53, you know? So uh, we'll see though, but uh, yeah, shout out Kenyon Drake. Welcome to, uh, welcome to title town, man. Definitely. I never find myself doing the show, doing the pod and going, I need to find something to talk about. I always find myself going, dang it, we didn't have time to get to that. So I'm trying to weed some of that out, you know, but I also bring all the information. Carson in the chat says, in class right now, but I couldn't miss some good morning Lambo. You better focus, buddy. Don't you get thrown out of class, man. Um, Yeah. Make sure you uh, make sure you get a good education with a purpose. Okay. A purpose. You guys know I didn't go to college. I don't dog college. I dog some institutes. And if you guys would watch the news at all my god anyway um we won't talk about that but uh rich eisen did a good job hitting it if you uh want to check that out but that's not the show for for the uh, for that topic um but yeah i'm not a big college guy uh, i'm assuming college could be high school i guess i don't know but uh my my thing is like find what kids are passionate about man and steer them in the right direction don't just say you gotta go to school you gotta go to college i couldn't tell you how many people i've met man they're like it lands. I own a landscaping business. I couldn't tell you how many landscapers. I'm like, Emilio's one. 
I got me a four year degree. Yeah. And I'm mowing grass now, making more money than the people that got the degree that I was focused on. <laughs> it's like, there you go, dude. There you go. You're absolutely right. That's what you should go. You're, you're going to pay all that money to get an education. It should be in something you want to learn, you know, go to school to learn something uh, that you're passionate about, you know, the job, the career, all that stuff. That's really a separate. It, it'll come, you know, that's yeah. me for my money. You're talking about tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to go to school, I better really want to learn what I'm studying for yeah. sure. No doubt. Ron in the chat said, how many games required off of on the roster, off the practice squad? I think it's more of a waiver thing, Ron, um, to the best of my knowledge. I, I don't know. You guys need to double check. I, I don't spend a whole lot of time like focused on those little intricate details. So I'm definitely not the person to ask. Again, if I ever don't have an answer, I'll be the first to tell you I don't have the answer. We'll try to find it for you. But the way I understand it is if you sign someone off a practice squad, right, then first of all, if you got someone in your active roster and you decide to put them on waivers, what you're doing is allowing every team in the league to say, hey, you can sign him on your active roster, which that goes without saying with the current practice squad players as well. And you give them a chance to sign on the active roster. If they don't, they clear waivers. Then you can put them on your uh, on your practice squad or on your active roster. Right now, at any point, you can demote them to your practice squad. But then they enter the waiver portal again. And I believe they do the waivers in a certain order based off of who made the last signing, maybe, or maybe it has something to do with record. I think it's who made the last signing. They get first dibs on those players. So once they clear waivers then you every team is fair game, right? So I think like, for instance, let's say we sign him to the practice squad, right? Um, he being Kenyon Drake, we activate him for game day, right? And we can send him back down. I think you can do that three times in one full season, sending someone, calling someone up and down. Um, and at any point, if he's on the practice squad, other teams can sign him to their active roster. If he's on the active roster, obviously other teams can't sign him. Hopefully that makes sense. Probably didn't answer your question. That's why I said in the beginning, uh, I'm not the person to ask. Carly in the chat says, uh, Clayton, you said that Long played under Barry a few years ago or for a few years, so he should have the system down. Do you really think it's that easy to switch back after so much time in another system? I think that's a great question, Carly. I do on defense because it's real simple. Like the main thing, every defense, every offense, they're doing the same stuff. They're running the same pass concepts, right? The same route combinations. Um, you know, there's not like there's not te any team in the league that's doing a specific style of run, whether it's it's gap, it's power, it's duo, it's inside zone, it's outside zone, what have you counter. Everything's been seen. Right. The big thing is the terminology. How does the terminology how do you understand the terminology? How can you pick up on the terminology? Because the terminology is everything. It's how you're communicating from the coaching staff to the players and the players to the players on the field and what they're going to be running. That doesn't, you know, within a scheme that doesn't change for or with a system, it doesn't change for the most part. That's why you hear people say, oh, he's got experience in this system. Like meaning, you know, you could bring someone like Jimmy Garoppolo in in a pinch and let him play in Green Bay because the terminology is pretty much the same as it is in San Francisco. Now, you've heard us talk about they're two different offenses, right? Because they lean on 21. We lean on 12 and 11 more than San Francisco. The, the terminology now. The. The communication in the terminology, yes, they will change that up to keep other teams from catching on, obviously. There's always someone trying to steal your signs. I know people pretend like Bill Belichick's the only person to ever do that. That's simply not the case. But uh, hopefully that answers your question. I think it is, on defense, much easier to jump from team to team. I mean, look at Rasul. 
Yeah, so he went, walked right into Buffalo. And, and I think that playing. was a deep – I'm pretty sure their defense is totally different than the Fangio style too because, you know, McDermott came from Carolina under uh, – what's his name who's in Washington, Ron Rivera. I'm pretty sure that has nothing to do with the Fangio tree. So he jumped right in and picked it right up, right? And, and it's as simple as, you know, what's the call? Cover three? Okay, which cover three? Go ahead, Tim. Right, and it's, it's uh, terminology like you said. You know, he uh, – a corner is going to understand what what playing cornerback is, right? What, yeah. Regardless of what the defense is, and yeah. um, you know, and Rasul might be, you know, kind of a generous example because he's a you know he's a veteran at this point, experienced, um, kind of been been battle tested. So uh, dropping a guy like that into your defense versus a younger player, you know, you might see some variance, but I'm sure that's what it was. I'm sure, you know, after that first week in in uh, Buffalo, Rasul's probably got the you know, the code words and the checks and the terminology down. Um, But you're right. I think it's a little bit more difficult for say, you know, a slot receiver to come into an offense and just go out there and play, you know, you might, might need a little bit more time. Um, But on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, it's probably easier to to go in there and just uh, make an impact. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's kind of like the issue we have right now, look how the defense is really stabilized with all these young corners, right? Um, for me, I think it's more about not to be negative, but it's more about ego. It's about feeling like you deserve the right to have more freedom in what you want to do. I know I'm supposed to cover deep here, but there is no deep threat. I should be able to clamp down because I'm a superstar corner. You clamp down, Hark, it's a double move, and because you got out of technique, now you get scorched deep. You don't see the young guys doing that. So I don't think it's as much communication issues as it is – I don't want to say the L word, but I was going to say lazy, but that's, that is not fair to say. Um, It's just a, I'm going to do what I want to do within this moment because I'm a superstar approach. And uh, you know, you've seen some plays on chalk talk where guys got out of position and they weren't covering their assignment because they thought they seen something that they didn't. If there's, if you're 1% unsure, then, or, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're 99% sure, then you're a hundred percent unsure is how you should play defense in my opinion. Uh, run run game's totally different. If you're going to make a mistake, make it big. Shoot the gap. Get in there, right? If you get burned, oh, well, at least we were aggressive. But to just kind of sit back and get walked back, and it, that does nothing, nothing. We'd rather you get in there and at least disrupt the timing of the blocking scheme on a run play than just sit back and get bullied around, right? Um, I was going to go to uh, a fun, uh, fun little topic here with A.J. Dillon, but since we're kind of talking about defense, let's hit on this first, Tim. Um, I thought this was cool. This was from Mark Tauscher and Jason Wildy on Wildy and Tausch, uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I know some people, Wildy rubs them the wrong way. Um, he's grown on me a lot. He's covered a team since 96. I think he does a good job of kind of uh, kind of riding that line in between, right, of, you know, some people kind of bring the hot button topics, you know. I don't think he approaches it to the full extent there. But he brings just enough, and him in conjunction with a former player in Mark Towser that we all loved out of Wisconsin and, and just a great Green Bay Packer, great dude all the way around. I think Jason Wildy's a great family man, too. He's Like I said, he's grown on me a lot. But let's see what they had to say on the DBs. And it's something me and Tim talked about a few year, a few days ago. I almost said years ago. A few days ago. And it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with what we're talking about with scheme and understanding the scheme. But, again, this is from Wildy and Tausch on ESPN Radio. Uh, they do a, just a phenomenal job with their broadcast. Let's see what they have to say about these corners and Jair possibly coming back. They were 17th in yards. This year they're 18th. 
28th in yards per play last year. Now they were eighth and third down defense. You started over. I apologize. Here we go. One of the storylines coming up is going to be what are you going to do if and when Jair and Stokey are healthy? Yeah. These young guys are playing their tails off. There is a different mentality with these guys. Are they just going to plug and play and pull these kids out? You're on a yep. hot streak. I I have a hard time believing Jair Alexander goes and says, man, I'm ready to roll. They're going to put him out there. Stokey, I don't know if that's the case. I don't if, think so. I don't either because I don't think so. these young guys are balling. They're playing hard. Are, are they as good as Jair when Jair is fully loaded and engaged? No. But is that going to happen? I was very critical of Jair's tackling in this season when he's been healthy. I don't think it's been the same since he's got that since he's had his big shoulder injury. Mm -hmm. I just don't. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a question mark because it is a fine line. It is again that needle that you're trying to thread to fix my quarter zip. How do you handle this with the young players that have helped get you to this spot where you're on this winning streak and potentially can win eight in a row and win a playoff game and everything else. That would be nine in a row. What would? Oh, with the playoff win. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not giving a playoff win. I'm not as bullish oh, okay. as blue yet. I'm not there. Okay. I'm not saying that anyways. <laughs> That's where this whole thing could get really interesting because I think if Goody had his way, I think he's just going to say, let's roll with these young fellas. Yeah. And I oh, think I, Matt LaFleur, I don't think Matt LaFleur and Jair Alexander are probably in the best place in their relationship. Uh, I, I would say that. Very I would venture with all of the public things you've heard. There's even more privately. I think. All right. I want to say this real quick and we're going to continue the video. Wildy making that comment just now and Towser making that comment. I'm telling you, Wildy is plugged in. So there is something behind the scenes there with Jair. That's not great. Now, some of you guys are going Clayton. You covered it too. Remember Jair made the comment, right? About, um, I'm, I'm tired of getting lectured on the things I say in here. You guys remember that comment? Mm -hmm. Just saying. Um, I think there's something to that. Some people are kind of probably rolling their eyes at Wildy right now, but sometimes it's not what people say, it's how they say it, right? And just reading Wildy's demeanor here, I think there might be something to that. Let's continue here. There's probably more fire behind that smoke, and I wonder if – the Green Bay Packers are looking at it and say, let's just roll with these young fellas and see where we're at. All right, so I think this is important for perspective and the reason why I am not apologizing. First of all, I never called for him to be fired. Nor did you. No, no. I'm not saying you did. I'm not saying okay. you didn't. Talking about Joe Barry, obviously. I'm not uh, saying anything. I, I would, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. But where they're at statistically, here's the problem with the criticism he endured last year. They weren't that bad last year. Where have y'all heard that before? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just that we expect – I don't know what we expect. I think we expect all defenses – if you're not dominant, then you're not a good defense, basically. Like, if you're not the Ravens and the 49ers, you're not good enough. Because last year's numbers, their scoring defense finished 15th at 21.8 points per game. Okay, so that's obviously higher than this year, uh, but not by much. They're 20.3 points per game. Point and right? a half a game, that was a lot. 
I understand. I, I get that. Uh, after- so I, I agree with Talger there, first of all. Um, that is a lot. That's that's a big improvement, a point and a half from last year. Huge improvement. Um, I mean, how many games did we lose this year, Tim, by one or two points, right? Nope. <laughs> it just goes, goes without saying. So, um, yeah, man, um, listen, in no way, shape, or form, I, I hesitate to, sh- to play that clip because I think people immediately go, yeah, we need to get rid of Jair. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just simply pointing out there is a real thing there to people not playing their true assignment and then when it busts a coverage, how many times did we hear last year, Tim? I broke it down on Chalk Talk over and over and over. People would say, that's Barry playing soft. That guy's wide open. No, that guy blew his assignment. Has nothing and, and, playing soft. And who was the first player to address that publicly? Mm-hmm. Was Jair. Right. You remember that. He he was asked. He said, hey, man, that's on us. That's on the players. Right. You know, we, we were leaving spots. He he admitted to it, you know, trying and you're, you're coming from a good place, right? You're trying to make a play. You're trying to, you know, jump a passing lane or jump a route and make a play. And then what you end up doing is leaving your quarter and then there's, you know, daylight behind you and it gets you look stupid. <laughs> That's yeah. what happens. But your intentions were good that you're, you're trying to make a play for your team. But Jair openly admitted that that, you know, these players, himself included, has to believe in the, in the scheme and right. play within it. And I think this year that's what we're seeing, with the exception of Ant Johnson on Sunday night kind of kind of biting down when he shouldn't, fading back into coverage when he shouldn't, again, you know, playing like a rookie a little bit at times, which is to be expected with a rookie. Um, so, you know, you're going to see that. But, um, yeah, I don't think this is a, a call for the removal of Jair at all. I and if there's something going on there between him and and coach, or you know, if there's um, I don't know, I don't even know what the word is. Um, but bottom line is, with Jair, he's not healthy. You know, right. we're talking about a guy that's not healthy and hasn't been on the field consistently this year. Um, and to me, that's a bigger issue than any locker room crap or whatever might be going on uh, between players and and staff. Um, at the end of the day, he's got to get healthy and play play football. That's what yeah. that's what I want to talk about. You know, him him playing football. So yeah. um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, um, like Drew says here, he says yeah at Chris M because Chris M points out that he's played bad guys. He has played bad. There's no two ways about it. Now the last th- game we've seen him, he was phenomenal man, at his best game of the year. If you're telling me that's the gyre we're getting back, dude, what are we even talking about, right? Um, but he says uh, yeah, he's played like Dookie all year. Uh, Drew D says. Uh, yeah, at Chris M, um, but teams will always be looking for corners. I don't think we should get rid of Jair, but the option is there because we could get a lot for him. We could, but I pulled up the salary cap table here for a reason. Look at Jair's cap hit, $24.3 million. Look at his dead cap, 27.4. So in order to get rid of Jair, you're eating $3 million in dead cap this year. And moving forward, there's there's also dead cap involved, you know, in certain certain years here, I think they might have tacked on voidables. I don't want to take the time to pull it up right now. You guys can check it yourself. But nonetheless, it, people were saying, well, we got the room to absorb that. We do, but wouldn't you rather carry $3 million over the next year and still have an all-pro level corner when he's at his best, right? What I'm saying is if you trade him right now, you bought high and you're selling low. The, the, the result from it would be getting draft picks, absolutely. But you guys know where I stand on the draft picks. I want proven players over draft picks. That's just me personally. Um, the draft picks are very valuable when you're playing cash over cap because the cap hits are so small. And if you hit, 
you know, with the the new CBA that was agreed on a few years ago, uh, obviously you're saving more money. Back in the day, I mean, those top those those first round picks were breaking the bank, and it was like, man, if you miss on those, you set your franchise back. Today, with that salary cap adjusted um, to the new CBA with rookie first round picks specifically uh, all the way across the board down the line. That's why second and third round picks are so valuable. Um, it's not as, as bad of a hit, but yeah, I'm in the camp of, I want to keep Jair if he's not causing problems. And right now I can't honestly say he is. It's just when Wildy makes a comment like that, when Towser makes a comment like that, you got to step back as a fan and me being the guy who's not plugged into green Bay at all. Uh, as far as inside the building, like those guys are, Got to step back and go, maybe there's something there, right? Maybe there is something there. So just worth mentioning. Um, let's do this. There was some talk uh, in the chat about LaFleur. We're going to hit on him here in a second. But I wanted to just have a little bit of fun here, Tim. I thought this was really cool. Um, you guys heard us do the drop real, real quick before Chalk Talk last night. A.J. Dillon put this out. We've got a new video added to our arsenal here, okay? And I have and until A.J. Dillon tells me not to use it, we're going to use it. But he said, off day harvest. And he uh, posted his gaming channel on Twitch, right? Isn't it funny that a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago when the Packers were losing, people were complaining about the gaming channel? Now the Packers are winning. Nobody's got a problem with it, right? Funny how that works. Winning fixes everything. But, again, he put this video out, and we're going to use it moving forward. This cracked me up. Anybody who grew up in the 90s like I did, I was a big 90s country baby. Joe Diffie was the man, all right? Look at our boy A.J. Dillon over here farming on Farming Simulator video game. John Deere Green On a hot summer night He rode Billy Bob loves Charlene Damn, I have not laughed at a video so hard in so long, bro. It cracked me up the first time I seen it. The 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 emphasis he's putting on Billy Bob loves Charlene. <laughs> bro, I lost my mind, man. I said, look at look at my boy over with some Joe Diffie blaring in the background. And the, the impressive part was you can tell he wasn't faking that. Tim, he knew the words of oh, some Joe Diffie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and as far as the 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 gaming and the you know Twitch streaming and all of that, man, y'all hop up off of him, man. Let him live his best life. You know, yeah. these guys, you're talking about the hundred hour work week and what, what you have to do to play football in this league. I'll tell you what, I'll take a player sitting on his butt in the privacy of his own home playing video games over some dude club hopping and getting into drama. So I I love it. And, uh, you know, you work hard, you play hard, right? You know, so uh, AJ's, uh, you know, that's how he spends his time. This isn't a Kyler Murray scenario where, you know, Kyler Murray's addicted to Fortnite and doesn't know the playbook. So (laughs) this is... uh, this is a little different. This is a guy who does the work, puts in the work. And yeah, I want to take a couple hours and uh, check out my crop and listen to some country and, you know, do my thing. There's nothing wrong with it, man. Let him, let him go ahead and live his best life, man. Wisconsin's own AJ Dillon. We're I'm, I'm saying it now. He's Wisconsin's own for sure. Eric Sutherland in chat said that's glorious and bleeding green and gold says, love it. Love AJ. Absolutely. It immediate, immediately made me think of, um, let's see here. Drew D in the chat says, imagine, imagine complaining about someone playing a farming simulator and, and Wisconsin fans uh, complaining about that. Like you should be so happy about that, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dylan is a genuine Packer through and through completely agree. Um, it's always the miserable fans that get upset over that stuff. They're the ones that are always ranting. Oh, fire this guy. Fire that. We got uh, it's like, you'll hear them on call-in shows. Those are the ones we have a problem with. 
the happy fans, right? Most of the time, the more knowledgeable fans that I listen to and follow on Twitter, they don't have an issue with it. It's funny how that works. But anyway, uh, you were talking about Kyler Murray. I don't know if you've seen this, but during that peak time, right, where he was kind of, uh, you know, the video gaming stuff and and the the contract talk about how they had to put a clause in there that he had to watch so much film and couldn't do it while playing video games, specifically in the contract. Like we said, it's not what you say as much as how you say it sometimes or how you find out what's said. Whoo, that was a doozy. Someone on Twitter went and done the research. This is how petty people are. And listen, I'm, I got to be real with you, Tim. I'm kind of here for it when it's not my team. Um, <laughs> somebody on Twitter went and broke down his stats during, you know, like they, they typically play on Sunday, obviously, in the NFL. His stats on a double XP weekend for Call of Duty. <laughs> and his stats were horrendous on those Sundays during a double XP. If you, you guys don't know what that is. And we're not talking about his Call of Duty stats. We're right. talking about his NFL stats. Right. So his basically double XP on Call of Duty from the, the best I understand is they have these promotions where if you play on that weekend, you get double the points where you can upgrade, you know, guns, characters, all that stuff. Right. On the weekends that they were having a double XP event, he had his worst NFL games, which tells you he was probably not preparing for the game. He was – we're not talking about that. We're talking about A.J. Dillon on an off day farming a little bit with his cowboy yeah. hat, listening to some Joe Diffie, all right? So let's just back off our boy A.J. Dillon. By the way, he's getting better as the year goes on, which we have kind of come to expect with A.J. Dillon. Let's talk about Jordan Love since we were, we're talking social media and all this presence for a little bit. Jordan Love's that nice guy, right, Tim? He's that guy that kind of comes across like, hey, he's a quiet leader, and all that. He's not going to talk a big game. Um, although you're seeing more and more of his personality come out. You know, this last game, he said, yeah, this was personal for me. Remember him saying that? This is personal for me. Remember when they put his mama up in the top of the stadium in Kansas City, too? In the top row? Yeah. Which I blame the Packers just as much as the Chiefs. Like, the Packers can't step in there and get Jordan Love's mama a better ticket. I have a problem with that. But anyway, that's story for another day. Little Good little nice Jordan Love been opening his mouth a little bit more here lately, being a little more vocal. On his IG uh, account here, he uh, posted a picture of him running out of the tunnel with a, a collection of other pictures from the game, and he put, I got my foot on the neck and my foot on the gas. I'm digging it, Tim. He's not in the media talking crap. This is his personal account. He's basically, to me, this is kind of, this has got a little Aaron Rodgers vibe to it, man. Like, all those doubters out there, we got our, our foot on their throat right now. I'm digging it, dude. How do you feel about this? Yeah, man. I mean, that's just a sign of the times, right? You know, it's uh, that's where you, uh, you know, you post stuff like this. I, I, I agree with it. You know, it's better than, uh, you know, I guess back in the day, you'd have more of the, you know, Deion Sanders talking to the press corps and saying things verbally, um, you know, to the media. And now with social media and everything, you get you get a little glimpse into the uh, the personalities of, of these athletes. And um you know, I, I think it's great. It shows that he's his confidence is getting there. And uh the more comfortable and confident he is, the better the better his play is gonna be. So uh, yeah, you love to see it, man. I, I wouldn't even say, you know, bleeding green and gold here, cocky is good. I, I don't know if it's cocky or arrogance. You know, there's a fine line between between those and, and just being really confident. And um I think Jordan is a you know, first year starter here, uh grinding out the end of the the season here and he's He's playing his best ball. His confidence is at an all-time high. 
He's seeing the game slower. His receivers are making plays for him. Things are clicking. Yeah, he's confident right now. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah, I like it too, man. Drew D in the chat hit the nail on the head. He said, I love how Love waited until he was playing well to start talking smack. Absolutely, man. Um, and and it's not to, to pretend like, okay, you've arrived now. I don't think he's doing that by no stretch of the imagination. This is his personal account. He can post whatever he wants. I know people – don't like when people like Devondre Campbell posts when they disagree with a world event, but you know, people can, there's a thing called free speech and I'm, I'm here for it, man. And you don't go knocking on somebody's front door and go, what are you talking about in there? If you don't want to see it, don't follow it. Right. It's just kind of the way I see it. I thought this was a really cool image packers.com put out Tim. Look at this man, QB one and head coach before the game, right? Little game planning going over the play call. That's just that's one of those pictures. There's many pictures. I probably got 40 to 50 pictures framed in this studio. This one's this one's going in a black and white filter and on the wall. This is an awesome shot. What do you think about this? Uh, this right here, Tim. I love it. I love it. Coach Lafleur saying, "All right, so if you're getting pressured, just chuck it up to Rome. See, Rome's <laughs> gonna be open. Look right here. <laughs> that would be fun. We should do a little speech bubble uh, thing. What are they? What are they saying right here? Yeah." Yeah, look, look, George. You can tell though. Look at the focus on on Jay Love though. I mean, he's engaged clearly. Yeah, great and photo. That, that shoe game from from uh from the head coach too, man. There for the cleats for cause or cause for cleats, whatever they call that program yeah. there. Um, I'm kind of digging him. I usually don't like colorful stuff. People say, "What's your favorite color?" I say black. They say, "What's your second favorite color?" I say gray. What's your third? Like it's white. <laughs> that's that's like just you. how I roll. <laughs> Uh, oh, Mandy's man. told me I could how many times. You know how good you would look in red? Shut up. That's weird. I ain't wearing red. All right, let's go <laughs> to that Romeo Dobbs play that we talked about. All right. This is pretty cool. Um, I'm gonna try to show it as best I can. This Just was like we Ryan, drew it up. <laughs> yeah, this is from Ryan Wood uh, on Twitter. And uh he's just one of my favorite followers. Absolutely love how he covers the Packers. Um, really, really good dude. Seems like I'd love to have him on the pod, but he's way too busy to come on here and talk to us knuckleheads. But he just showed a couple of different angles of this video. So I want to kind of show you here. This is the play to Romeo Dobbs. Just to highlight it again, real quick. How that thing just drops in there out of I mean, out of the heavens, right? And again, this is a good angle here to see how Josh Myers was beat and how why Jordan had to kind of chuck it up. Now, originally I said, man, this is the only throw I disagree with. Throwing that into quadruple coverage, I just don't like that there, man. There's an option underneath the AJ. He couldn't get to AJ because everything was in his face. He had to fade away and just kind of get some air under it, right? That was the only real option. And, again, let's watch Wicks. Like, I can't remember who in the chat was talking about. This is Wicks down here. Can you see my cursor, Tim? Yep. yep. Okay. This is Wicks right here, right? Let's see his reaction. Just focus on Wicks and see if he actually – tries to point to the ball or Dobbs or if he's just throwing his hand up. I can't tell. I, I thought he was just kind of throwing his hand up, but I look at his reaction. He's like, oh, crap, you got it. Um, he may have been pointing at it like, hey, look, the ball's right there. The ball's right there. It could have been. Or is that like, is he trying to tip Rome? Like, hey, hands. It's up. Hands it's is up. coming. Yeah. yeah, it's up. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe that's what the listener was saying. Yeah. Let's go to a different angle here. Again, you get to see that pressure. You know, listen, Josh Myers is playing better, but the people who are doing the victory laps going, I thought he sucked. Guys, let's stop pretending like he's playing elite here, you know. And this is Chris Jones, don't get me wrong. But you got to know that you've got help there with Elton, right? You've got help there with Elton. You've got to make sure he doesn't beat you to the right. And he just gets out over his base right there. You've seen that over and over and over. And pass blocking is his strength, right? 
So yep. Elton obviously was protecting for that backer right there who was kind of sugaring right here. So he's going to fan that way. But Myers has got to know that and kind of force him outside. You've got help there as soon as you've seen that backer drop. It just, again, that's why he couldn't go to Dylan. There's no way he could get that ball to Dylan right there. And originally, why am I bringing this up? Originally, I said, check the ball down to Dylan. He couldn't. But also something I missed, and I meant to mention on Chalk Talk, but I forgot, was this was fourth down. You know, the last thing you can do is take a sack here. So you're probably looking at this like, you know what, just give our guy a shot. If they intercept it, it's as good as a punt. Because look at where the ball would have been intercepted at, right, inside the 20, inside the 15. But, again, Dobbs with a great adjustment, Tim, absolutely awesome. I don't like that he got Dobby killed there, man. That that bothers me. I mean, that's that's a big lick, you know. I mean, look how yeah. he gets backwards. So, oh, yeah, that's how I ball. Sure. I guarantee you Dobbs wasn't going, why did you throw that? Dobbs was jacked to make that play for his QB1, you know? So just wanted to kind of point that out, that I made that mistake. Um, so uh, if you see it, you got to say it, and that goes on yourself as well, right? Um, we were talking about Matt LaFleur, and uh, look at this right here. Bang, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, because for so long, Tim, they told me you can't talk about his win percentage because there's not a big enough sample size. We got the 30 games, still not a big enough sample size. You get the 40 games, still not a big enough sample size. Then it's, let's see if he can do it without Aaron Rodgers. We now got a pretty decent sample size here. Matt LaFleur has now coached 78 games. And I, I asked someone, I said, so if we get the 50 wins, are we allowed to talk about it? And that person, I was being sarcastic, and their ego allowed them to answer it with, yeah, you get to 50, you can. They had no idea that the, the sarcasm went right over their freaking head. But anyway – he is the 10th winningest coach in NFL history when it comes to winning percentage. He is now 53 and 25. I want you to look at the names on this list, guys. He's ahead of winning percentage. Understand, I know it's not – these guys coached a lot more games. I got you. I'm not saying he should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm simply pointing out where we are at right now in the process. Matt LaFleur has a higher winning percentage than Hall of Famer Don Shula, Hall of Famer Paul Brown, Hall of Famer Tony Dungy. Um, Future Hall of Famer Bill Belichick, who who could very well have the most wins when he's when he's done um, coaching. He's now eclipsed 300 wins. Uh, George Seifert for the Niners. Andy Reid, future Hall of Famer. He's significantly – he's 10 spots higher on the all-time list and winning percentage than Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, and even Curly Lambeau, which Tim pointed out. Curly Lambeau coached for 33 years. That is absolutely – George Howell, Papa Bear House, 40 years. So yep. just above him, he's got a shot this year, Tim. If we win these games down the stretch, I don't know how much he'll jump, but he's got a shot. He's closing in on George Hallis, uh, Ray Flaherty, uh, Blanton Collier, some of these coaches, you know, all-time coaches. He's closing in on their win percentage right now. What did you think about this? Am I reading too much into it? Because I just think it's an absolutely awesome statistic, man. No, I think this is great. It's fun to look at because it's almost like – you know, it's like a reality check for the Lafleur doubters. You know, it's like a progress report here. You know, yep. five years. Look at, you know, numbers don't lie, like we always say. And, um, you know, I do. I like Coach Lafleur. I hope. I hope he's here for a long time. And, um, you know, we got him under contract. And, uh, you know, it's proof that, you know, he came in, and and you know, the Packers started turn things around. I mean, we saw that. You know, we go thirteen and three couple years in a row back in the playoffs I mean that's not a fluke at all and um, now what you're seeing is you know as Omer hits it right on the head 19 and 0 in December you know yeah. like I mean if he goes yeah if he goes 19 and 0 
Yeah, the record, I mean, what is, is he at sixteen? Am I thinking right? Sixteen. I think it's sixteen or seventeen now after after Sunday. Yeah. So, you know, this is a great example of you know give a guy time to come in and put a system in and you know get a get a few drafts. Uh, you know, get some players. There's turnover. This part of the league, you know, that stuff happens. But you know, we talk about creating. You know winning culture. And we talk about the standard and you hear LaFleur talk about that a lot, the standard and the expectations and the work, you know, the reason Matt LaFleur got this job over a lot of other, other candidates at the time. And, and Mark Murphy said it, he was the most prepared of everyone that they interviewed. Matt LaFleur is the guy willing to be the first one in and the last one out the door every day. And then he probably goes home and has his dinner and is still thinking, talking, scheming football. I mean, you have to understand what it takes to be a head coach in this league. And it is, it's a grind like that. And, you know, Maddie's numbers are uh, trending upward here in just five seasons. Um, You know, I don't, I don't think we should be dragging our head coach, man. This is, uh, this makes me extremely happy to see this. And, you know, you do, you wonder how long he'll be coaching for and where he'll be on this list when it's all said and done. I mean, Look at some of the the smattering of of numbers up here, you know, ten plus seasons. What does this look like? You know, so I'm yeah. I'm excited for Coach Lafleur for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nick McSwain in the chat said he's the winningest coach ever in December. Really cool stat. Drew D in the chat says, "Look how dominant Jimmy Johnson was, and he's not even in the top twenty-two. I mean, it's a it's a pretty phenomenal numbers there, man, for sure. And Omer says Tim is on the mark, as always. Completely agree. So as we get ready to wrap up here, um, just want to take a quick look. This is an ESPN graphic. You can find it there on Twitter, their Twitter account. The Packers' percentage chance to make the playoffs. After week 10, it was 9%. After week 11, 23%. After week 12, 46%. And, Tim, now, after Sunday, we have eclipsed the all-important mark of – 65%. 65 65 that's, that's right. We're at 66% chance to make the playoffs now. Um, so freaking excited about this playoff push. Whether they make it or not, they have won me over. Jordan Love's won me over. We've seen how good they can be with the youngest team in the league. We've seen Matt LaFleur piece this thing together without Luke Musgrave, without some of these great players uh, that have that have been missing, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know, man. I'm so – this uh, I'm I am completely on board with Jordan Love now. Um, I said I wanted to see the entire season, even if he struggles down the stretch against bad teams. I've seen enough to go. All right, let's give him and Lafleur a shot at this thing. Let's give him a shot. We bring Emilio in here, Tim. Let me get your take on that, and then we'll get Emilio's take on what we just said, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Emilio jumps on here at the hour and six minute mark and expects us not to go over. We appreciate you, buddy. Go ahead, Tim. Oh yeah, no, I'm. I got nothing to add, man. I'm just, I'm excited. And, and, you know, it's hard for fans to be patient, right? We want to mm-hmm. win. We want to win now. We want Super Bowls, right? We, we hear about the shoulda, woulda, couldas. How did, how, how come we don't have 10 Super Bowl rings in the last 20 years? You know, all of that, because we're not patient and we, you act like success comes easy in this league and it doesn't, it does not. We've seen, you know, we saw an undefeated New England Patriots team go to a Super Bowl and get spanked. You know, it it 
winning is not easy in the NFL. So I, I think the more time that these guys have to gel and, you know, this offense is, you know, being assembled and built and, um, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. Hopefully Joe Barry's around at least another couple of years and the, the defense continues to, to do what it does and grow. And, uh, you know, we put it together, um, you know, both sides of the ball here and we, we start contending and yeah, I, I believe we're going to bring Lombardi home here at some point. Um, we just have to be patient. You know, it takes time. I mean, look at right now, we're in year one of, of the Jordan Love experience and uh, we're trending up at, at yeah. the right time. You know, most young teams, correct me if I'm wrong, they probably start really hot. And then around this time of the year, they start sputtering. And it's like, you look at us, we're the opposite, man. We we had a little bit up and down there early in the season. And, uh, you know, what a way to to come out of a four-game losing streak and just turn your turn your season around got to give a lot of credit to our head coach and the QB1 and really a lot of other people that are probably the unsung heroes that that we don't talk about so um you know it's a team game and uh you know that's our leader right Matt LaFleur is the general he's the leader of this team and um you know I believe in him and uh I'm excited for the future and I'm I'm going to be patient <laughs> yeah. got to be a little bit of patience here guys so let's see how this year <laughs> shapes up right and uh Onto to uh, the New York football giants guys. Wonder what that percentage of making the playoffs will be after this dub on Monday night football. Woo! If you, if you can pull off that win on the road, um, like it's a bad team, let's be honest, but man, trap game absolutely could be a trap game. You pull off that win. It's got to jump up around 80%. I would imagine, but uh, Amelia, what do you think about anything we've talked about as we get ready to wrap up here at the hour, nine minute mark, buddy, how's your day going? You got anything you want to add? Yeah, a little brisk this morning. Uh, sun's coming out now, so we're we're all in good shape. Uh, I see you, you kept to the forty minutes real well here, so we're we're about to double it. Um, but uh, honestly, every great quarterback it seems like they have a great coach, um, and every great coach seems like they have a great quarterback. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We really don't. But everything that we've seen can lead us to you know assumptions. And uh, if if Matt and and Jordan keep working like that, I have no idea what the ceiling could be but that's where you know this team is heading and it's crazy how fast it can turn around from where we were like you said talking about top five top six draft pick versus hey are we gonna be six or seven seed are we gonna you know win a playoff game you know what what are we gonna draft this this upcoming year to help this team that that grew um expand too so uh just just great great all around to see really Absolutely. Very well said. Dakota says, Clayton, where did you get that picture of the floor and love in the locker room? You can find it on Packers.com, but if you want just a quick reference, um, on my Twitter page, I put a combination of three photos up here, and I'll try to go full screen with some of the photos. But basically I, what I tweeted out was new coach, new quarterback, same winning vibe. Um, so there's that picture of the floor. Mm. And I did a picture here with Holmgren and Favre. And then, of course, uh, Mike McCarthy and uh, Aaron Rodgers back in the day as well. It's kind so. of like I was saying. I mean – I, you know, each one has each one is great in their own in their own respect. Go back to that one of of Holmgren and Brett, real yeah. quick. Look at that swag, man. We got to get bring them jackets back. You get that birth control jacket, right? You ain't getting nobody pregnant wearing that jacket. <laughs> oh man, let's, Look let's at get old, out. Of I love it. I love it. Hey, I'll just say one more thing because we talked yeah. about it a couple nights ago when Jacob was on because. He, he was the one who, who coined the term, aw shucks, Matt LaFleur. You know, we talked about aw shucks, Matt LaFleur with dealing with the media. Dude, aw shucks, Matt LaFleur is dead and gone. That, this, I can tell you 
the uh, I had a couple interactions with Matt Lafleur during training camp, and once once this season while I was loitering and being a bum hanging around uh, twelve sixty five and got to speak with him. Dude, Matt Lafleur is all all business, dude. There is the the aw shucks part. I'm so happy to be here, guys, and smiles and all that. That that is gone, dude. There, Matt Lafleur is all business. Um, so I'm in the presser the other day. Someone asked a question, and his response was, "I don't understand what that means. What does that? I don't know what that question means." You know, and he's just getting a little more chippy with the with the media. Um, you know, and you know he's bringing that level of intensity to the to the team meetings with his players and stuff. You can yeah. kind of see it uh, after these after the the wins in the locker room. You know, the the intensity and the fire that he's got. I'm so happy to see Matt LaFleur coming into his own as a head coach now. I think, you know, he's as comfortable as he has been. And uh, it's good to see no, no more aw shucks, Matt. I'm here for, you know, the fiery Matt LaFleur. Let's, let's go. I love it. Yeah, Matt definitely went from, it's my quarterback. Just right here. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> he's like, we'll play the villain role. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amelia. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying he's not worried about stepping on eggshells anymore. That's what I love to see. You know, he's he's I don't care. This is my job. This is what I need to do to get them ready. I you know, if if you if you guys want information, I'll give you information, but don't be poking the bear just because you just because you want something said. That's what I'm talking about, dude. Don't poke the bear. Might get the claws, well, we boys. Can poke the the bears. We can poke the bears, plural, but don't poke Matt LaFleur as a single bear. We don't it's want just to do that. It's such a country saying, don't poke the barrel. John Deere Green. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Rudy in the chat, we'll wrap up with this. Um, we're going we're gonna to quadruple the time if we don't be careful. I could talk about it with y'all all day long. Drew D says, all questions have been answered. Is love the guy? Yes. Should Joe Barry be fired? No. Should LaFleur get fired? No. That's what we wanted from this year. I, I can't disagree, Drew. I can't. Barring some kind of crazy meltdown. Right. And I'm talking about meltdown where it's just like a worst case scenario. I'm 100 percent on board with you, man. Um, and you got to tip your cap, man. What what a hell of a, a bunch of adversity to battle through, man, for this coach, right. staff, the players, youngest team in the league. Yep. Just proud to be a Packer fan, man. There's no doubt about it. So that being said, we're out of here, guys. Millio, appreciate you jumping on here at the end, buddy. Yep. I know you're out there on the ground. We appreciate you being lazy, drinking coffee, talking ball. That's the way it is. So, um, Tim, thank you for your time, buddy. We'll be back tonight. PTA Live. I'm going to reach out to Paul Brettel right now, see if he can carve some time out of his busy schedule to come on and, and set this show straight with some facts coming up for the Giants game. But appreciate everybody hanging out in the chat. You guys are absolutely awesome. Also, make sure that you get your, uh, your YouTube memberships in before midnight Saturday so we can uh, do that drawing for the uh, autographed Robert Brooks jersey. And again, I want to do a quick, quick call out to XA Drew. Shoot me an email, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com as quick as possible. Um, you actually won the uh, the autographed uh, Dorsey Levin's jersey. CL Freeman, if 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 XA Drew doesn't come forward, CL Freeman gets the jersey. If I don't hear from CL Freeman by Friday, then uh, we're going to give it away to Jeff Zalk, who uh, Zilk, who already. Um, reached out to me about that. So, uh, yeah, nice. um, Friday, if we don't hear from you guys, I'm just going to go ahead and give that jersey away. And, again, if you become a member of the YouTube group, our YouTube group, uh, the PTA Posse, then that will put you on the wheel for the drawing for the autographed Robert Brooks jersey. What are you grinning about over a million? I'm mm-hmm. laughing at Eric Sutherland. I appreciate the kind words, sir. I really do. Uh, and I hope you have a great day, too. Uh, it is a beautiful morning. <laughs> I, what, 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 oh, the, 10, 10, 12. 
10 12. Oh, let me go back here, God. I need to post something. We got to I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a nice guy. We keep we keep him around. Great guy. <laughs> Great comments. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Yeah, we better not. Let's it's 2023. I don't think uh yeah. yeah, we better not. We better not. It'll be all right. <laughs> like you said, thank you for the kind words. Basically, he said Emilio's That's a, a handsome man. man right there. It's a handsome man. Um, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were commenting about this. I love it every time we mention the 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 contest, the giveaway. Eric Sutherland says rigged. Derek K says rigged because yep. they know that's going to trigger me to say, guys, I've told you guys over and over and over. This is the safest, most secure giveaway in U.S. history. Okay, just understand that. With that being said, we're out of here. Appreciate y'all hanging out. Uh, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. This has been Good Morning Lambo. We'll see you tonight. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.